0: What's going on, and welcome back to anybody and everybody. I'm your host, Herm, and thanks for joining me today. It's been two weeks uh, since the last episode, and that is, well, for a multitude of reasons. First of all, we have been getting the Hangover podcast off the ground over on the Dorm Room Sports Network, and it's going so well. I'm having so much fun with it. The boys are doing some extraordinary work and the hangover is three times a week. It's Monday, Wednesday, Friday. If you haven't checked it out yet, make sure you do so. It's more of a laid back fun podcast that I get to do with a bunch of my buddies from college. And then, yeah, so I had to put anybody and everybody on the back burner. Plus, I, I very much prefer to do these interviews in person. And I think I actually get into part of that in the interview today. But there's also some other things going on in my life. And this can be heard if you listen to today's hangover as well. I, I got really sick at the end of the week, and well, actually, beginning of this week, Sunday into Monday, and I got tested for COVID-19, and to this date, uh right now, I don't have the results back, I will actually find out right after this episode drops, but it, it, it was a bit of a setback, so we're a day late on this episode, everything just kind of is in slow motion right now, I'm a day late on everything, but... This was one of the most fun interviews I've had to do in a long time, and Tom was just an absolute beauty. He is doing so much great stuff for the lacrosse community in predominantly North Carolina, but he's been doing it across the United States from a young age. So I'm not going to hold you guys up any longer. There's not going to be any post-interview commentary today. I am actually going to pass out as soon as I upload this, but um, thank you guys for understanding, and we'll be back on schedule before you know it. But without further ado, here he is, Tom Ciafone. All right, man. Welcome to the show. How how's everything going? COVID nineteen time period. This is kind of weird for me. It's uh it's weird doing these interviews virtually.
1: Yeah, it's uh it's been a little bit different. Uh the canceling of the season was a uh, was a little bit of a bummer this year. Uh but yeah, we're kind of hanging in here. Uh Charlotte's not as bad as uh, you know, Boston or New York, but uh but yeah, how are things on your own, man?
0: I guess I'm, I'm kind of feeling the brunt of it now being in New Jersey. I'm definitely seeing the effects of how the, everything that's going on in New, New York is kind of translating down to South Jersey where I am, which is interesting. But, I mean, I was actually right before COVID-19 down your area kind of. How far are you from Fayetteville? Is, is that a good drive?
1: uh i think it's about like 45 minutes but don't quote me on that i've only been <laughs> in charlotte for like about two years so i'm still trying okay. to figure out the geography
0: right so i made it over to cape fear their uh high school program they're in their second year now and yeah. um i went to go do a cool video piece with them and did, got their coach on the podcast and it was really great but so as a coach in north carolina who are you co- are you coaching high school Uh, I mean, to take a step back,
1: uh, it's funny you mentioned Cape Fear because they're one of the programs that I ended up stringing for this season. Oh, really? Uh, Yeah, their coach reached out to me, uh, said that they were trying to get their program off the ground, didn't really have any help uh, with their equipment. Um, So I think he ended up sending me something like 20 heads this season and asked if I had some free time. Um, So I'm like,
0: yeah, sure, man. Um, That's amazing. He's a great guy, Coach Eric Finley.
1: Yeah, yeah, he's a super good dude. Uh, and yeah, just, I would just get randomly boxes on my doorstep and, uh, he'd be like, yeah, do you mind taking care of those?
0: Like, That's hilarious. I think I remember him actually mentioning that, like he was in contact with someone who was going to do that for him. Cause he didn't really know the intricacies of stringing. And I mean, it, it's truly an art in a sense. Cause I mean, I can't even do it and I've been playing for however <laughs> long. I mean, I, I, I just don't even try anymore.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it definitely takes some time. Um, but yeah i I've, I've probably string was what got me into uh i I coached back when I was in uh, living in d c uh I think I was uh sixth and seventh grade coach and then uh I started stringing here in the charlotte area and then one of the parents asked if I'd be interested in helping out with the uh the middle school team here uh so we have a ton of middle schools who uh who participate and uh I think we get about you know, on average, about 75 kids per middle school would try and come out and play. Uh, so the uh, the popularity of the sport's getting pretty big.
0: That's amazing. Yeah, I remember when I was talking to Coach, and he was just talking about how it sounded like Charlottesville, and there was another spot in North Carolina that were two of the more predominant lacrosse areas. Cape Fear was not one of them. So um, <laughs> he was he was fine, he was seeing the struggles in finding his area of the state in finding lacrosse players and getting kids interested in everything but i'm gonna i'm gonna pull you back right now a kid who grew up in scottsdale arizona was lacrosse very prominent out there what was it like and i mean you don't hear too much about west coast lacrosse before i guess i would say before colin made that going west series for tln yeah
1: i mean probably you know even with with peter Baum uh at colgate Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, my family's from Maryland, so I had a lacrosse stick growing up, um, and it just sat in the corner of my room and, and people kind of just thought it was a fishing net for the longest time. <laughs> and, uh, uh, you know, it really gained a lot of popularity. It probably, you know, when I was around like seven, or eight years old and, um, uh, the story of how I actually got into it was I was I was playing baseball and I decided that baseball is going to be my sport. Like I was going to be an all American baseball player. I was going to play all four seasons. Uh, and my mom just, she literally couldn't take it anymore. Just sitting in the stands. <laughs> so she walked off the, uh, off the baseball field over to the lacrosse field. was like, Hey, can my son come play for your program next year? And the coach was like, yeah, sure. And uh, that next season I got all my baseball gear ready and I was ready to go. And, uh, my mom was like, yeah, we're, we're not doing that anymore. Um, so yeah, I just got into, uh, to lacrosse and, uh, yeah, it, lacrosse in Arizona has kind of gotten through ebbs and flows. Um, you know, when I was playing in high school, we had, I want to say close to 30 high school programs. Wow. Uh, so, and we've had a lot of, uh, you know, some decent pro kids come out of, uh, come out, uh. You know, Kid Van Rapphorst, the mm-hmm. deep pull um, uh, from Duke, who's playing in the PLL.
0: Yeah, we uh, actually had him on another podcast I was doing for a while, a few months ago, and got to talk about Arizona and everything. He's a beauty. He's a great guy. Yeah, yeah, super nice guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, the guy, my my
1: high school goalie was uh, Pierce Bassett, okay. who was the, the four-year starter at Hopkins. Um, so every year, once in a while, we kind of produce a gem, but... Um, you know, having that hybrid athlete of, uh, of football and lacrosse, um, you know, certainly helps out now.
0: But For sure. It's kind of like the Austin Matthews effect for the NHL. Like, he comes out of Arizona, goes up to Canada, and starts tearing things up with the Maple Leafs, and Arizona starts to get more attention. So the more guys that we see coming out of Arizona, the more attention it's going to get, and the more widespread lacrosse is going to get. Because at the end of the day, what we're looking to do is grow this, this beautiful game that we all love and have a good time right. with it. So, yeah. so you're out in Arizona. What then brings you back to the East Coast to go to Villanova? Is that just an educational purpose, or?
1: Yeah, it was. Uh, I was I was looking around at schools. Um, I I was kind of touring a lot of D three schools at the time, um, and uh, I had a few connections at uh, with Villanova um, family connections. So there was a little bit of legacy there and I decided, you know, I was just going to try and walk on uh, the lacrosse team. Uh, So that was my motivation for going to uh, to Villanova. And, uh, you know, honestly, it was kind of like, it was one of those decisions I knew early on that I was never going to be a professional lacrosse player. Like that wasn't, that wasn't going to be my career. Um, So, uh, so I chose Villanova because I knew I could get a great degree and then come out of it and, you know, still play lacrosse afterwards. But, um, but yeah, that was really my mindset. And then I knew I wanted to stay on the East Coast just because my family's from Maryland. Um, so it's an area that I felt comfortable in. And uh, yeah, I mean, that was that was kind of the, the genesis of it all.
0: Yeah. And for, I mean, for such a long time, and this is more of a recent thing, that people actually feel they have the ability to go play lacrosse and make a living doing it. Uh, was that ever part of it, like you were just like, there's no real career in being a professional lacrosse player, I could go do something much more substantial with my life and make more money and be a bit more comfortable?
1: Yeah, I think the thing I had in my mind was that I always said to myself that I wouldn't let lacrosse dictate my my future plans. Yeah. So when I was talking to a lot of service academies, um, you know, it, it would have been great to go there. Uh but I knew I had no intention of ever going to, you know, the Naval Academy or Virginia military. Um, so I, I wasn't going to, you know, extend my lacrosse career there just to have the opportunity and then spend the next four years, you know, serving, uh serving in the military just because that was, that was never an interest of mine.
0: Of course, um, yeah. So yeah, that was, that was really kind so of the, the back thought I had. You spend four years in Philadelphia then. Where is your go-to cheesesteak spot? I'm 25 minutes outside of Philly right now, so I, yeah. I know them all like the back of my hand.
1: Yeah, I mean, first off, Geno's is just off the table. Like if you mm-hmm. go to Geno's, then that's – Great call. We can't uh, – Pat's is kind of the the touristy spot uh, just
0: mm-hmm. because it has the rocky steps. Uh, I think Jim's is like the sneaky good spot. Jim's is so good. Jim's is yeah. – it's uh, i'm torn between jim's and Ishkabibbles. So have you ever been there that place is no. sneaky as well okay so it's more of a hole in the wall and i you probably have to really do some research to know about it but uh, it's fantastic it is truly life-changing but jim's great answer i was <laughs> i was really afraid you were gonna give me a pats or a gino's and then a- you know, I mean there's just a little bit of judgment that comes out of that with anybody. Here. No,
1: no, no. If you keep you say Pat's or Gino's right off the bat, then you know it's not like a person who spent a lot of time in Philly.
0: Right. And you know they're willing to pay like thirty bucks or whatever for a cheesesteak because those two places can <laughs> charge that these days because I mean they built up their names to whatever this is but yeah it's bullshit but um so (laughs) you so you moved to dc after that what was it like playing dc like club and box lacrosse and having a good time with it after college just doing this as something that you do for fun uh it was super competitive um you know you you show up uh to play
1: in the dc uh lacrosse league which uh, is super clicky um to be honest. it is. I've
0: actually experienced this. We had guys, so I play in I played in the one in Richmond because that's where I went to college. And okay. we had guys just funnel down from DC and they started to bring that like weird, just like we are better than everybody, but like we're gonna have like six of us just culminate. <laughs> it was so it was so weird, man. I mean, it's something I don't like. I'm I'm obviously very open to new people and stuff like that, and they just weren't.
1: Yeah, it's the only reason I was able to make a roster was because one of my buddies was leaving to go work in Germany and he put in a good word for me and he's like, you could take my roster spot for the next two seasons. And I was like, Oh, thanks man. Like I missed last season. I really appreciate that. But like it it came to that extreme for me just to get a roster spot. Um, but yeah, I mean, DC draws a lot of really great talent, DC and New York. Um, So, you know, you'd play against a lot of guys who played, you know, some pretty serious um, lacrosse in college, and we're looking to extend that, but, uh, you know, I had a total blast with it, just because uh, there's always a pickup game going on. Mm -hmm. Um, I think I was playing, you know, close to three to four games a week, um, and I was right out of college, too, so I still had, you know, a good amount of speed, and uh, my stick skills were still somewhat decent, Um, but I had a blast, and, and... The other thing too was, uh, was the tournaments, you know, you're close enough to Maryland for, Mm -hmm. for war at the shore. And then uh, there's some other ones that go on uh, outside, outside of Virginia as well. So um, yeah, the DC lacrosse scene is awesome if you can get into it, but you always (laughs) have to have that one person to know.
0: We don't have to uh, completely smear the name. I'm sure that somebody could break in <laughs> through the through the outskirts, you know, what, what the uh, the ceiling or whatever the people call it these the days. The glass now, ceiling. The <laughs> glass ceiling. Yeah, they'll break through <laughs> the glass ceiling of the DC Bog or lacrosse scene. But then this is this is where I have an issue with you. It's not an actual issue, so don't worry. Sure. But you go home and you go to Arizona State. Yeah. We're a, we're a U of A family. My mom's from Tucson. Oh, so uh, okay. Um, I, I can respect, I can respect it, but, um, you know, so you start, you start taking entrepreneurship classes. What was that like? I've always been very curious as to what the entrepreneurship, this path looks like.
1: Yeah. Uh, so I got, by the time I got to my second year of my MBA, um, I had a job offer to come work for a bank in Charlotte, uh so I knew I was kind of set. So at that point, it's one of those cool things where you can just take whatever classes you want. Um, so I started taking a lot of marketing entrepreneurship classes. Um, and it's, it's kind of a cool experience because you get the opportunity to create a business, um, create your financial statements, create marketing plans. And then at Arizona state, they would bring in venture capitalists who you would then present your case study to, and then say, you know, I need a million dollars, and then they would all confer, and then it would almost be like an uh, an episode of Shark Tank, mm-hmm. where two of these people would get together and be like, you know, I'll offer you fifty thousand dollars for three percent equity, or I'll offer you, you know, a hundred or a million dollars for ten percent equity. So that experience was pretty cool. Um, the The idea of, of stringing sticks. Um, this is kind of a story in and of itself, but so I graduated college. I had, you know, probably like 10 heads with me and I was playing in a box league and, uh, my first game, I broke three sticks and that was like the end of my college dash of, of lacrosse sticks. So I sent them off to get uh restrung when I bought a few more and they all just came back like completely wrong. So, uh, and it, it costs like a hundred bucks to get your stick restrung.
0: It's crazy like, this how is much some people will charge. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, uh, I started, I stumbled across the, uh, the Instagram, like stringing community. And I'm like, this, this place is just really cool. And then I found, you know, like Greg at ECD and mm-hmm. all the videos he put together and like the compilations. And I'm like, you know, I could probably learn to do this pretty quickly. And I just started studying and like restream the same sticks over and over and over again. And I put together a business plan where I would string lacrosse sticks, dial lacrosse tricks, and my target market would be Charlotte because I knew I was moving to Charlotte. And that was my business plan. So, you know, while a lot of the other people in my class, you know, they were selling cookies or they were selling popcorn, I came in with a stick stringing business. And, you know, I put together revenue numbers that were a little bit better than theirs and that was supposed to be like the end of it like you know that was it but then i got a dm from uh, a guy in charlotte and he's like hey are you are you actually based in charlotte and i'm like no but i'm gonna move there in a couple months and he's like well you know if you could string a girl stick like that would be super helpful to us so i moved to charlotte and i get this like massive box of just women's heads it's like 50 to 60 women's heads. And it's like, if you could really help out our, our middle school program, like that would be a huge help. And then honestly, that's, that's just whole, how this whole process evolved. Like if, uh, if that one company had just strung my two heads,
0: well, you would have never been here. None of this would have happened. It's the Mandela like, effect. It's like a butterfly it, didn't flap his wings 22 million years ago or whatever it would have i would have never started stringing lacrosse sticks that's but you never answered the question can you string a women's lacrosse stick i can't yeah uh, <laughs> no i'm just messing with you man that that's fantastic women's coolest. yeah what's uh what's your favorite head to string on? and yeah, there is a correct answer
1: all time or right now
0: uh all time or right now right now
1: uh f-
0: Yeah, I let me just like put the, one in your the US, DNA the signature contract is what you're looking for oh uh,
1: so yeah <laughs> actually I have one right here ready That's to go right.
0: yeah and so what's special about this one this is your one love run right yeah yes so this one's
1: uh
0: I'll let you just take the floor right now I want I want to know more about one love foundation and I want you can then I want you to plug that so that people make sure they go check out your page and donate, and do everything that's possible to help out One Love.
1: Yeah, I appreciate that, man. Um, Like I said, uh, this is the signature contract that we got. Great head, strung it up with some uh, ECD Hero. Turned out fantastic. Super easy to string. Awesome construction. Uh, But the reason why we're doing this is uh, to support the One Love Foundation. Uh, For you guys that aren't familiar with it, One Love was started really out of tra- tragic circumstances, um, when Yeardley Love, who was a women's lacrosse player at UVA, uh, was, was brutally beaten by her boyfriend, um, during her senior year and ended up dying. Um, as a result of that, uh, her family started the One Love Foundation and the work that they do is, um, they go around the country's different elementary, middle school, high schools, um, essentially just giving classes to, um, you know, youth boys and girls all across the country about the signs of healthy and unhealthy relationships. Um, because when they looked at Yearly's case, you know, they said there, there were plenty of signs that she was in, a, in an abusive relationship and that, you know, plenty of people find themselves in, in abusive relationships all the time, uh, but they don't have the tools themselves to actually get out of it. Um, so that's, that's one love's mission and, uh, it's, it's something that, uh, you know, the lacrosse community can really rally behind, um, just because it's something that, that's tragic and, you know, we w- we really wish it hadn't started out of that circumstance. Uh, but as a result, we can really, uh, gather around to, uh, help out a really beautiful cause. Right. Uh, yeah. So yeah, we have the signature contract that we're giving away. Uh, we'll have more items that we'll be auctioning off on our page um, in the next couple of weeks. So we're pretty excited about it.
0: That's absolutely fantastic, man. And you, you said it perfectly. It's uh, something that you'd never wanted to come together, but be out of such a tragic and just horrible, horrible situation. They were able to really shed a lot of light on something that needs to be discussed and something that makes people uncomfortable. I mean, one of the most difficult things about many foundations is that you're bringing a topic to the masses, whether it be children, adults, whoever about something that's going to probably make people in the room uncomfortable, but it's something that needs to be talked about. And so they're doing a fantastic job. You're doing a fantastic job spreading it. And that gets me incredibly excited. And so where can people check out your page? I'll let you make sure that you uh, put all your handles and stuff in here right now so that people can (laughs) check it out and, what yeah. is it? Are they buying the head? Or are they donating? What's the, I, um, so, I didn't do enough research uh, clearly. No.
1: Um, <laughs> uh, so speaking to the folks at one love uh, who they're all terrific. Um, the, their thing is that uh, I asked them, you know, what can we do? Can we just raise money for you guys? Can we just spread awareness? And they go, you know, as much as we'd love for you to, to hand us a check at the end of this, this fundraiser, um, it's equally important for us to spread awareness for the cause. Um, so, for this head in particular, uh, I'm asking folks to uh, join One Love um, on their Instagram page, which is at Join One Love. They have a lot of great posts about healthy relationships, um, things like that. Uh, the PLL is actually a sponsor of, or added Join One Love as a sponsor. Uh, so, you'll see some posts from them every once in a while. Um, So that's how we're really spreading a lot of awareness. We're we're producing some sweatshirts that are coming in that we'll be selling uh, through another site called at Lax Tribe. Really awesome sweatshirts, like the softest thing I've ever owned. Mm -hmm. Um, And then you can also follow me at Southern Strength uh, Carolina. Uh, for more information and the link to the auction items. So just a few ways to get involved and uh, to find out more about the One Love organization and the auction we're doing right now.
0: That's amazing, man. That That is why I love this community so much too, because we can all rally around helping such a great cause. I mean, uh, there's, so, there's so many issues in this world, I guess that go without unspoken or untalked about and, this is they're focusing on getting these issues to the masses and actually opening up a dialogue and talking about them, which is fantastic. And I think something that a lot of young kids, even though it's a hard conversation need to hear sometimes. So that's beautiful, man. So I I really appreciate, I'm going to make sure that I do everything I can to plug that and get one love to my, anybody who watches my stuff, shares my stuff, anything along those lines, because this, this is something close to everyone's heart for sure yeah
1: and i appreciate that and i think i'm you're on my list too to to check out one of these uh, these light hoodies which are fantastic and oh, comfortable yeah. and and uh i think you'll be wearing it for for like the next two weeks and uh,
0: i probably yeah, will i'll it. probably sleep in it i've been sleeping <laughs> with the window open to get it extra cold in here so i need a sweatshirt so that'd be perfect It's if it's extra comfy hell yeah but yeah, um it's So I think we should transition out of this. It's not a grim conversation. It's an important one to have. But let's talk about one of your favorite things that you brought up to me was making lacrosse more affordable. This is an issue that we face every day with this sport. It's consistently known as the rich kids sport, the sport that people can't afford. What what do you have in mind or in place to – ideas, likewise, to make – lacrosse more affordable? Cause I try and come up with this every day. It's part of my <laughs> job actually. So. Yeah. Um,
1: it's, it's something I've really picked up on, you know, since I started stringing probably seriously four years ago. And, uh, it's, it's definitely a tough issue. I think, uh, you know, kids see a lot of the products being used and they're like, you know, I really want that. I want that, you know, $150 shaft with that, $90 head with, you know, this mesh, and this, and this, and this. Um, and it's, it's really tough for, for parents. Uh, you know, I see it all the time when I coach, um, uh, you know, prospective players come in and they're like, you know, how can I uh, get my kid involved? It's like, well, you need to get a helmet, shoulder pads, arm pads, gloves. And you know, now it's like close to $500 just for all that gear. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, the way I work, make it work personally for my program is, uh, you know, I'm always, uh, making myself available for parents, uh, you know, keeping an eye out on, on, sideline and on eBay to, uh, to get these kids, you know, whatever gear they can find brand new, uh, for a discounted price. And then, you know, as a stringer, um, you know, I always get some nice products. I'll, I'll put a plug in for a uh, mesh dynasty who sent me some sweet uh, a sweet care package um because them, last year i was able to string
0: about 50 sticks uh for kids in my community that's outstanding Uh, they they do the um the 10 diamond mesh right or the more it's a tighter weave it's a nine diamond oh it is a nine diamond okay yeah i'm working on one right
1: now so it's uh oh yeah it's a little bit bigger um but yeah it's uh you know, when I get the opportunity, because, you know, manufacturers will send you stuff and, uh, including, uh, signature lacrosse who, uh, sent me a, uh, a head to, uh, magic mesh kits and uh, a couple balls along with their, their women's shaft, which is also fantastic.
0: Amazing. Uh, was that, yeah, I, was that me who sent it to you? It was Brian. Oh, Karn. Yeah. No, nah, he's a beauty. Uh,
1: he's also getting a sweatshirt too. I don't know if he's going to need it in Florida, but
0: Uh, You know, I hear uh, it drops below 80 at night there. So (laughs) that's pretty cold for them. (laughs)
1: Um, But yeah, whenever I get the opportunity, um, you know, as long as I get the stuff sent to me, um, I always try and hook kids up whenever I can, especially when, uh, you know, parents say, you know, times are financially hard. um, And the parents I I coach uh, their kids, you know, I had one mom bake me a cake last year because she was just so grateful that, you know, I strung her kid's stick and she didn't have to go to the local lacrosse store and have to pay, you know, 50 bucks for it. Right. Um, so, you know, those opportunities when I can, um, I like to do those, those things. And then if I ever get, you know, extra gear, um, and, and none of my kids need it, you know, I, I send it out along to, uh, to charm city Lacs in Baltimore.
0: No, oh, they're a great, great foundation. I mean, Kyle does so much with them and Kyle Harrison, and yeah it's amazing stuff that they're producing out of the inner city of baltimore which is which is weird because <clears throat> like you said you have family from maryland there's this weird stigma about kids from like downtown baltimore playing lacrosse and then the kids who go to calvert hall or boys line or you know the crabs players and stuff like that so yeah to, for to see kyle growing the charm city lacrosse program is just fantastic and awesome and Really, I mean, they're getting into the communities that need to see it most. They they're getting into they're getting uh, Charm City, then they're up in um, like Harlem and stuff like that. So, I mean, that's the that's those are the places I love to see grow because I I I actually worked in high school. I worked with this really cool program, the Boys and Girls Club, and it was all about getting inner city kids to go to boarding school. So I went to boarding school, and it was about bringing kids who would never have this opportunity, giving them a full scholarship and giving them this way out of the city. And so right. I love working with programs like that. And I think lacrosse is one of the best ways you can possibly do that and growing it in the inner city, which is just phenomenal. But for your point about making lacrosse affordable, I mean, I think that so much of it too, is that we need to just get sticks in hands. I think that we need to just have kids yep. playing with it, not even hitting each other with sticks or anything like that. Just like learn how to play with a tennis ball. It won't hurt you or go get or give them signature lacrosse premium softballs, the ones that we just gave out that won't hurt you if you get hit with it. But right. I think I think that's the the toughest question that I think we're all searching for an answer for right now. I mean, nobody has a definitive answer for making an affordable helmet, shoulder pads, and elbow pad with gloves set possible because right. the margins are just ridiculous. You're yeah. the numbers guy here. I, I just <laughs> I hear this term margins <laughs> thrown around all the time, and I'm just like, oh yeah, those margins are really skewed. They always get to you. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) if you ever if you ever heard me in a business meeting, this is where people really tell that I I'm strictly a content person. Is when they start bringing up the numbers and the analytics of things, and I'm just like, I don't know, man. (laughs) I'll go make content. (laughs) Just uh, just DM me after this. I'll give you a few one liners to drop
1: just in any situation, and it'll be no one knows how to respond, but everybody will think it's just really insightful.
0: Oh, I need that. See, I was in a call <laughs> yesterday actually with one of the leagues and we're talking about marketing strategy and everything and we were talking about ad revenue or something, something along those lines and there was like 10 different numbers with and, and people in the business world. Now, I don't know how you feel about this. This is, drives me insane. The way people just use acronyms for everything. Like, you can't just <laughs> use words to describe what's going on, but you have to say, like, oh, yeah, we have a great AAU and a PCQ, and uh, then our cousin came along with a DQRI, and we're golden now. And I'm like, I have no idea <laughs> what you just said. But I had that yesterday. Somebody
1: kept saying BAU. I'm like, what does BAU mean? Business as usual. I'm like, why can't you just say business you, as bes- usual?
0: I feel like that's a very smooth, fluid sentence. Business as usual. That's how people speak, right? I yeah, mean, it's like it's like that episode of The Office where Kevin started
1: speaking in short sentences because yeah. he thought he was saving himself so much time, and then <laughs> it just
0: backfired on him. It, it always backfires, and that's the issue. But so we go from making lacrosse affordable to coaching. So you you talk about you want to find your. Group of kids who are really passionate about what you're doing each season and how they're going to expand as not just players but as a person. Um, Yeah, that is that's how I look at it too. I think that's beautiful. What um, what kind of care or what can you do as a coach? I personally could never coach because I'm I'm too blunt with kids. Um, (laughs) (laughs) What do you do personally as a coach that helps them become a better person? Because I think that that's such a trait that I look back and I've had so many coaches that did a phenomenal job with that. And, yeah, um, I mean, um, you know, I had my, uh, my middle school
1: coaches as a guy, you know, I still look up to this day and he was just such a hard nosed guy. Um, you know, he ran practices at, and we had our practices next to the high school and uh, the high school kids used to always call it the, uh, the hell lap because it'd just be like this trail of middle schoolers just like struggling to run a full mile. Before and after practice. Oh, geez. Uh, but you know, he was just such. You know, he just taught the fundamentals. Um, he didn't care if you scored a goal for him. You just had to score it the right way. His his thing was, you always had to do things the right way. Mm. Um, was he
0: a military guy? No,
1: he was just you know a very hard nosed guy who you know was compassionate when you needed it. He was tough on you when you also needed it. He just really knew how to coach his players. Um, so now, you know, when I coach with a roster of 75 guys, it's really tough. Um, you know, I'm one of four coaches, so that certainly helps. But, um, you know, it's it's always very cool to find those three or four players. Um, you know, sometimes I say three or four, I think it's probably closer to five to ten. Um, you find those, those five to ten players who, uh, you know, show up to practice every day and – you really only have to teach them one time. Like, this is how you, you know, execute a mumbo. This is how you roll off a pick. This is how you, in this situation, look for this. And they either get it the first time or they keep coming back and asking another question. Mm-hmm. And then you also look for like little characteristics among the kids too. Like um, there's a couple of kids I coach come up to me after every practice and shake my hand and say, thank you. And that's that Southern
0: hospitality you're working with
1: there. It is. (laughs) And it's, it's like little things like that really go a long way. They do. Um, And, you know, I see, uh, I see kids all the time who just, you know, develop into really, uh, really high caliber players because, you know, they come up to you and they ask you, how do I get better outside of practice? And it's like, you know, this is the wall ball routine I've used since I started playing when I was nine. You know give it a shot and they take the summer off and they come back in the fall and I don't even recognize them anymore right and you know you develop that trust with them and, and you start teaching them some more things and they don't they don't question it anymore and they don't second guess you it's just um, you develop this this strong relationship with them
0: um, you're also and, coaching and, and, and the oh sorry no you're you're um, coaching the perfect age right now too. You're not you're not working with these older kids who've already developed all of these mind whatever you want to call them, where they think they're something that they're not. You're kind of coaching them into what they should become, which is beautiful.
1: <laughs> it's right at that age where they um they start developing an attitude and mm-hmm. you really have to just like work it out of work it out of them. Right.
0: Some way, Sometimes somehow. let them explode. Other times, really rein it in.
1: Yeah, like find out what each of them wants individually, and see how you can work with them to to, you know, work work that to your
0: favor. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, I remember being a very stubborn kid at that age, so I can I can understand where they're coming from. I think that's where I, it's tough for me because I would have rather had a coach be in my face when I was that age, than than just work with me essentially <laughs> you know i i think that my parents would disagree but <laughs> <that's>, <laughs> that was their take on the whole situation but i um i know you're a busy man dude this was amazing no, no worries man thank you so much for taking time out of the middle of your day to hop on this this was awesome i, no, I to know you more about the you. time
1: and i appreciate the plugs too for for one love and uh you know uh for my handle too for kids to get more involved and uh you know i i appreciate you helping out uh, with the one love foundation
0: of it's course. a project
1: that i've been thinking about for the last year um i've just been busy at times to get it really off the ground but i really kind of just while i while i'm quarantined inside
0: it's just kind of like you know we really need to get this off the ground so For sure. So I'm going to, I'll unveil the red carpet for you one last time. Plug anything that you want. Make sure that you say all the handles. Uh, You can plug things outside of One Love in your page too, if you want, if you have any sponsors you need to mention or anything like that.
1: I mean, one of the really cool things is that, um, you know, you talk to a company about what you're doing and the work you're doing and they're immediately just jumping on it. Like, yes, how can we get involved? Mm -hmm. Um, So my page is at Southern Strings, Carolina, uh, the page for join one love is at join number one love. And then, uh, you know, specifically, uh, Billy better at Maverick has been a phenomenal partner. Uh, Brian at signature lacrosse again, phenomenal partner, uh, Ryan Powell at Powell lacrosse again, phenomenal partner. Uh, you know, the family at mesh dynasty has been amazing. Dan Severe at ECD Lax has again been an amazing partner. Um, Trying to make sure I don't forget anybody. Um, Oh, and then Lax Lax Tribe, uh, Lax Tribe's company making our shirts. Um, You know, I I kind of popped this crazy idea on him. Like, hey, what do you think about making a hundred (laughs) shirts? He's like, yeah, we could do that. And I'm like, all right, well, you know, I'll, I'll, you know i'll help you out if you know we don't sell them all and he's like nah
0: we'll sell them all oh God, that's right? confidence
1: i like it yeah so that's uh that's all i have for plugs
0: awesome man well this has been fantastic i had an absolute blast and uh i'll have to get you on again sometime soon maybe uh we do a show when i get back down north carolina at some point
1: yeah and if you're ever in the carolinas hit me up
0: will do all right take it easy man